made me jump then. Sorry. Wasn't ready for that. But <laughs> I've been busy today. I'm tired. Yeah, I'm a bit but... tired. It's been a hard day. It's I've been, been out. Day. It's been a hard day getting my hair done. So this is not live. We are pre-recording this week because Frida's working. I've got some stuff I'm doing. So we decided yeah. to do it midweek and then put it out on Sunday. Yeah, I just work in Sunday, saving some money. Um, tits don't pay for themselves. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went to Bolton today with my mum, and I've not been to Bolton Town Centre. So what we did like... shopping, post Christmas well, just, shopping. I was going to say Bolton's just as grim as I thought it was going to be. It was like the most miserable day, just chucking it down. But went to the market and I went to have my fringe cut in, and I had my nails done. Because, you know, I had them really long nails. Get those claws before, yeah. You've got, yeah, you've got I've got, they were just, they just got, yeah, so that that was my day. I went to the fish market. Didn't buy no, I saw any. your photos. There's some very weird looking stuff. Uh, in photos, like I've no, I've no idea what that The size of a sheep. It was like, what on earth is that? Big piles of sea offal. Uh, <laughs> prawns <laughs> as big as my arm. But I know I didn't buy anything because I don't know what to do with it. I, I don't know. I like fish fingers, me. That's yeah, simple stuff. <laughs> yeah, just bung it in the oven. Yeah, not so sure who buys who buys cod row in those quantities. It's just it's baffling. It's like it was like a massive buckets full of the stuff. It's like who buys that and what for? What it's do you use that for? Chefs. <laughs> Chef <food. laughs> yeah. So I wanted to say, you know, um, I was on GB News talking about sports and stuff like that. So. Uh, inevitably, when this hit the Twitter feed, there was the inevitable backlash. Uh, most of it was just the usual rubbish about, you know, you know, men can't be women. Anyway, Sarah Fillmore was saying, what was it? The emergence of Frida Wallace as a talking head on on various news channels. Yeah, be- it's a bit of a strange... I'll, I'll read it out to you. I've got it here. Um, so it was... <laughs> Hang on, let me just get it on my screen here. So, the emergence of Frida Wallace as a talking head on various news channels is interesting. All our usual suspects, they all have one thing in common. And the main thing in common is transphobia. Now, they might hide that behind free speech and they might say it's to do with sports and they might say it's to do with women's rights or whatever it is that they, they're peddling that week. But the, the common denominator is always to do with trans people. That's where their bread and butter is. So I thought, I'm going to put myself in the way of that conversation. And that's why I do it. It's not because, uh, I mean, I... I, There's not not many trans voices ever you ever see on these kind of shows. Not that I watch them, but, you know, you you don't really see a lot of trans people going on there because... No, because why would you? They're going to get, you know, harassed severely. You yeah, know, but the, um, you've been on a few others have mm, been on but it's mm. not it's like we said before it's not an easy thing to do yeah well the, the thing is the only reason i know about these news channels and the only reason i know about these people is because i'm trans and a lot of hate a lot of the aggression i see on twitter directed at me mm. is coming from those channels like if you look at the comments section of any gb news or any talk tv or any i mean it's on all sorts of channels as well like you know jeremy vine and things like that the commentary is very narrow and it's very dumbed down. So if you if 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 you put yourself into that burr pit, then I can't complain about being criticised because I because I'm electing to be in that arena, right? But that doesn't make it right. That doesn't no. mean I shouldn't speak. 
But I can I I think that I I make my my case isn't that I'm a trans person. And my case is that what you're saying is bullshit, <laughs> and I'll tell you why it is if you want to listen. Right, it's got nothing to do with being trans. I'm not there as the trans person defending trans people or being trans. That's not the issue. The issue is that you're lying about something. You're pursuing a morally duplicitous argument in order to win over certain members of the public who are weak-minded. Not that they're weak-minded. It's just that the way that they posit the argument is is always a fear narrative. Trans people are a problem. That is always the narrative. So if I can go in there. And just just be a trans person, but not necessarily talk, not talk from a defensive point of view, but simply talk from a uh, a critical point of view. Um, like yeah. criticize the criticize the message. Not, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a difference between like it comes out to this idea of the medium and then the message, and they're two distinct things. So 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 right, you've got the the message is um there's, there's this kind of invasion narrative or there's a, some sort of negativity um like you see in the sports debate or the single sex spaces debate it's like it's like they believe that our rights are infringing on somebody else's rights which isn't really the case our we getting more rights isn't taking rights from away from somebody else it's not like a a cake no. where no. if we if we have a bit of that cake you've got pie. less no. yeah no. yeah a pie uh, okay, I prefer the cake thing. I prefer I'm, pies, but anyway, no, cakes are sweet, but uh, <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying anyway. So, and then they've got the medium, which is like the medium is the way it's framed. Uh, GB News, especially, is it's like the audio book of the Daily Mail, isn't it? So it's always the the snappy headline. It's always the 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 kind of what do you call it um the money shot it's the easy money story yeah because you've got it because if you on on honestly anything on social media now is like that because it's clickbait yeah so you've got the clickbait element and then you've got the else you've also got the fear element and you've got the shock element or because I'm sure they want me to go on there and be the trans activist. And and I can play that. I can play that game, and I can be aggressive. I can shout, but and I can. Yeah, but it's not about being aggressive and shouting. It's about coming across with the you know the point of why they're wrong in what they say. You know? Yeah, but if I am aggressive, it's because I care about what I'm saying. It's not because I I'm trying to upset somebody. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's difficult to not get upset. So, and that's where the kind of the out the anger comes from, and. You know, you got to kind of hold that in check while you're doing those things. Oh yeah, and just make the points based on the facts and the law. You know, I think that's the way to do it. Well, this is why it always comes down to me for like a lot of these people who who the basic thing they believe is that trans isn't really a thing, and that you can't change sex, and that men can't be women, and that those really basic yeah, they, baby, they just cycle the same things all the time. Baby talk, but I'm not interested in that. I'm like, yeah. You, yeah, my, my starting point is fine i don't care if you believe that or not what i care about is you weaponizing an argument to convince other people to th to feel the same way right mm. whereas most people like like we know in, in in most walks of life people just speak as they find they don't really uh want to you know 
hurt anybody. They understand that trans exists. They don't they don't have to know the ins and outs about it. They just see you as a human being if they've got any sort of politeness or humanity about them. They're not. I mean, if I talk to people at work about being trans all the time, but that's my choice because I'm open and you know I make that my business to be open about it. Mm-hmm. But if somebody was to come up to me out the blue and start talking about trans issues that would be a red flag because i'm thinking well why are you doing that you know yeah you know that's a different matter yeah anyway anyway i mean yeah i would i'll continue to do them obviously we'll we'll keep doing the uh reaction videos Mm. and see how it goes i think well i think the thing that all the thing that always comes across after i've done one of these i always get a few really supportive messages Hmm. And the production teams at places like that always say, uh, you know, they want me to come back because I think they they have asked other trans people before and they've said no because it's an hostile environment. But yeah, you do... put yourself, you are putting yourself in a hostile environment. Yeah. And it's not a pleasant experience. But because the way I handle it is, like I said, I'm not there to yeah, be no, trans. I'm there, I'm there to be freed or I'm there mm-hmm. to... Be the glitch in the matrix. Glitch, you are the glitch. Hello, <laughs> I, I love saying but that. Today, we don't have a huge amount of topics today because we're, we're kind of midweek. Mm. But there's a bit of a theme with our topics, I think, today. And it, it's all around, seems to be around direct action. And we've got yeah. probably at least four stories Protest. on that topic. Protest and direct action and what people mm. are doing. So I shall switch to our the smaller versions of me and Farina. This no. is yes. there we go. We've shrunk. Um, bringing our first topic. Just messing with my fringe. Sorry, your fringe. You're messing with your fringe. Yeah, I messed it up before because I scratched my head. And <laughs> so <laughs> this is this is the important stuff you've got so, to get right. Yeah, sorry. We we do need to talk about Frida's fringe. We've done it now. Just uh, right. So first topic is you remember you remember the story about the climate activists who threw soup on a van gogh picture the uh in the um art gallery national art, national yeah. art gallery yeah mm. onto the sunflower picture remember that one yeah i thought that was brilliant yeah so obviously you, you weren't picture. too sure about it i wasn't it, too so. sure until i realized that the picture was protected by glass <laughs> and it wasn't damaged so i would i wouldn't i would hate to feel as though that actually damaged a priceless piece of art because that is probably going a bit too far, in my opinion. So the the act of doing it, you know, it it still it it, it, get, it gets the effect, and the effect is the publicity, you know, sticking their hands on the wall and all that sort of stuff. So what what those two are now saying is that um, they're urging queer people to turn their anger into some kind of direct action. Yeah. So. This is what I wanted to talk about with you, Frida, because we, we've we've spoken about this in the past. Protests. It, well, protests and what, what kind of direct action do you think that we could do, you know, based on some principles around what we shouldn't be doing? Because I, I don't believe we should be affecting anybody, any individuals innocent individuals who have nothing to do with it you know like well there, to, but, to be honest like, see, well, you the should way... be affecting the people who are causing the mm. problem because you know there's another story we're going to talk about in a minute around extinction rebellion who've changed tactics um 
But you see, I, I I wouldn't really want to disrupt someone in their daily life. The you know the life is hard as it is. You know they're trying to get to they're trying to get to work, trying to get to school, trying yeah, to get to hospital. Yeah. You know they've got to lead their lives, and you disrupt them. Mm. You know you're not going to get their support for your cause. But if you can disrupt the people causing the problem that you're protesting about, maybe that's a better way of doing it. I know it's probably a bit controversial what I'm saying because I know some people will say do the direct action and affect everybody and others will say don't affect innocence just affect the people causing the problem mm. i don't know there's probably a happy medium somewhere you know for example parking a white tank outside david cameron's house as we were discussing <laughs> at the weekend mm. with vivian westwood one of her protests and or sitting in the birdcage was another protest yeah. weren't yeah. affecting anybody but the but she got the point across so i think that was kind of yeah that was good and then we saw peter peter thatchell went over to qatar a one-man protest didn't affect anybody else, but he he got his point over. So for me, those kind of things, I think they're more effective because you get the you get the publicity. You don't disrupt innocent people, and you still disrupt the people you wanted to. Well, there's got to be a point that it the the, the reason these protests work is because they work in conjunction with the media, mm. and that to, to, so the to media have... connection is the key, isn't it? Yeah, because these. They're, they're, we live in a world of like very fast, very quick turnaround uh, media now. So every new story has a very short shelf life, right? So you've got mm. to do like they know when they were doing this. There'd been a few other protests with throwing paint and throwing. There was a few others on the back of this one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but the the they're not isolated. They, they they're happening all the time. It's just sometimes we'll hear about them, and sometimes they'll they'll be more effective than others. And the thing that makes them effective is you've got to have a shock value. You've got to have the priceless painting. Yeah, that's so that's that's the that the is the painting. Yeah, right. So, so, but when I first when I first heard this story and when it first broke, and I heard about these protesters throwing a can of soup on a Van Gogh. My first thought was, bloody hell, that is extreme. Because not only is it a, a, a vandalism, it's vandalism of something that the culture has high regard for. Because yeah. obviously, I being an art, being being a somebody that's interested in art history myself, yeah. Redder, you know, yeah. I would have thought. But even so, even if they had done it to the actual Van Gogh, I would have still supported the protesters. I wouldn't have said, oh, you know, how dare you destroy it? Uh, because the thing is, right, the thing they believe in, I don't, I don't, I'm not interested in whether, you know, whether, whether the cause is worth, I just enjoy the the chaos of it in a way. Cause, cause like you were saying before about, you know, if it doesn't affect people going to work, why shouldn't it, you know, so what if people can't get to work? We've got train strikes going on at the moment. Yeah. Are they doing a protest? Is that a protest? It's the same kind of thing. It's so the same you, kind of thing, but that, that's got, a, a striking. Got, it also affects the, people. Uh, and you're saying you 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 were saying about affecting innocent people. Well, these people would think there are no innocent people. They, you know, we're all complicit. We're all complicit in yeah. a capitalist uh, paradigm. Yeah, that and, that and, particular and, protest is is just stop oil climate protesters only. Yeah, yeah, but we see what the media will do is they'll look for um hypocrisy and they'll look for i mean do you think about it throwing soup at a painting is nothing to do with oil is it it's just it's like the shock factor like you said it's like what can we do to get attention yeah but the media what the media did they'll look for hypocrisy and uh what do you call it uh contradiction 
So they'll say, oh, yeah, you, you know, like when they were, do, do you remember the um, the Occupy movement mm. when they were outside the Bank of England on yeah, Fred, and ne- Fred Needles? Yeah. And, yeah. and then there were certain newspapers, that, oh, yeah, but they were doing that. But they were going to Starbucks for a coffee. So obviously they don't. It's it's when it's it's like what people still need to drink coffee. They need to drink coffee. There's yeah. no escape from the the you know none of us are uh, we're all complicit in that yeah. Yeah. right. But when somebody does something like this, it's like like that glitch in the matrix, isn't it? Really, it is because it's like upsetting the flow of things. It's stopping mm-hmm. people because it stops people in the tracks, right? And and there was this story about people sat on the M25 and stopping traffic right and the thing that interests no, me think, because... i think that was extinction rebellion doing that yeah yeah it, it, could have been, it could have been just stop oil as well i don't i don't know the details now i can't remember well yeah yeah it's different but it's the same it's the same kind of yeah. tactic so mm-hmm. so so people were saying oh there were ambulances that were stopped from getting because it's always they've always got to go for the moralistic um, you know, like oh, you—it's almost like they're telling those protests you're responsible for people's deaths. It's a—it's it, a very—it's a very—that is a very kind of gets to your gets to your core of your. Yeah, exactly. That's what system. But you see, as, that, as, it makes as you somebody, think. Yeah, maybe this maybe that's true. Maybe this protest did stop that ambulance, and that's a bad but, thing. But it's not—it's—it's well, it's a minor thing because I, as like I say, I know paramedics, and I know, and they'll tell you that the biggest problem for any ambulance is not protesters stopping the motorway. Yeah, it's traffic. park car. Park, 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 there are there are a million obstacles in any in any you know potential situation for an ambulance they will find a way right this isn't i mean in the scheme of things i mean it's it would be awful to think that uh, somebody died as a result of that obviously that would be a bad thing but i'm trying to get into the mind of the protester and thinking well you know in their mind the there's going to be millions of people dying if we don't if they don't do something I mean, about cause and effect from other causes. Yeah. I yeah. So so in the I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm I'm not saying I necessarily um, I would be on board and I would do a protest like that. But it's, an, it's an easy way to attack the protesters. Yeah. Exactly. Of that moral yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. So, I can so... I can kind of I can feel that. You know I feel. Yeah. That but it the, works it, on it, me sometimes. But with the with the tin of soup on a Van Gogh, I think that. That yeah. is a great that was... soup on a Van Gogh. It doesn't harm any individuals, but you may have destroyed yeah. a and, and also that, which could be a problem. Yeah. And also to to that, I would say, do you remember the um the protests in Bristol when they it was a different thing altogether because oh, it was about black lives statues into them throwing yeah, the Black Lives Matter. No that was absolutely that was, yeah. that was brilliant because and what has happened there is a piece of a piece of fern just a piece of meaningless piece of street sculpt- furniture. Yes. Yeah, that that meant nothing to anybody anymore. No, which probably... is a statue of a uh, somebody who was involved with the slave trade. Yeah, exactly. And it's in the water. It, yeah, that's right. It, that's where it belongs in the water. It was offensive. Yeah. To the children and and the families of you know, if anybody knew the history, that would be offensive. But yes. now, because right, the, the irony is that that sculpture has become a bona fide work of art. Well, I'm not sure what they've done with it. I think they pulled it's it out of the water a, and they're going to put it in a museum, museum, aren't they? It's in a museum in Bristol, right? Yeah. Now I made a case for this that you know that you know that empty fourth plinth outside the National Gallery. Yeah, they should exhibit it there, and not to because it doesn't celebrate slavery anymore. What it does, it celebrates the the, the idea 
thrown in the water. Yeah. It, it celebrates the power of people to change society. Now, we could argue that nothing has changed. You know, people are just racist as they've ever been, and it's angered a lot of people. But as a cultural moment, as, as a thing... Yeah, I that, mean, if you were to display it in that sense, then you could use it in that way, yeah. Yeah, so I, I absolutely 100% back anybody that's got the bravery and and the the imagination because it isn't it is imagination as well it's like cuz cuz you could say yeah it's just vandalism but there's there's something symbolic about a tin of soup and a painting worth 25 million dollars i think it's worth more than that actually but anyway yeah i think it might be i think that yeah, was I think uh, that's, was, a, that's i think it's like 70 million or something well yeah it's it's one of the most expensive pieces yeah uh, and 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 obviously it plays on a side note, you know the Campbell soup thing with Andy Wall. I was yeah, hoping actually, it was Heinz. They used Heinz. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping. Oh God, make make because if it <laughs> yeah, had they been a can... Campbell's, they should have yeah. Used yeah. But that that's that's what tells me they weren't art students. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, I'm all for this kind of thing, and it's not because I don't respect art or I don't respect people going about the daily life or people that need ambulances. It's just that I think sometimes. If you're gonna do a protest, you can't be half asked about it. So so I was thinking, gosh, you know, is would this be would this be valid from a trans point of view or a gender point of view? Would we like say if I was to devise a protest to it, but you see the thing is with this, like the differences for me is like the whole gender debate and the whole turf thing is a complete nonsense to me. It's not even worth protesting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd have to be very specific around what you were doing it for. It would have to be something like a law was passed or yeah. the or government decided to remove remove all trans health care. Yeah. Yeah. Like if the government, if the English government does something about this Scottish uh, uh, GRA reform, if they try and cancel that in some way, that that will be worthy of some kind of direct action, in my opinion. But the thing is, they've got to know that you're serious about your message. And that is the point. I mean, it's no point in standing with placards outside. I mean, I'm not saying there's no point. I mean, that sorry, that that's not me saying that people that do that are wasting their time. Obviously, they're not. But when, so for me, it would it wouldn't be effective. But no, but I was going to say I was I, I recorded a load of canned laughter. Mm. Right, that you could just press a tape, press play on your phone, and there's a big Bluetooth speaker hidden somewhere. Yeah. So the person that is seen as the kind of, you know, like say somebody's spouting some nonsense transphobe, every time they said a paragraph, just press go on the laughter, and they don't know where this laughter's coming from, but it's 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 really that loud. Be, that will be very effective, actually. Yeah, but that's an audio protest. It's like it. You see, to to get in the media for a protest to reach the media it has to be visual because you're talking about. I mean, for the people at that protest, yeah, that annoying if you're on the other side, and really amusing if you're on. Well, see, one one of the things as yeah. have, have you heard of that group called Led by Donkeys? Yes. Yeah. Well, what I would get if I could afford it would be one of those massive projectors that you can you can put onto the side of a building. Yeah, because th that's a really effective way of doing because it, it's very visual. But then it has to be dark. <laughs> that's the problem with it. Yeah. 
so that's why that's why the sound that's why the sound idea appealed to me because you're projecting sound into the into the the atmosphere into the because that changes the mood of everything and 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 when these people are so pompous and they think the words are so important the the way to really diffuse it and having somebody laughing in the background yeah yeah yeah. and everybody will join in that laughter because it's infectious it would become infectious it would Right, so let's let's scroll down to the next story, which was the Extinction Rebellion uh, tweet. Yeah, this re- this this podcast really about protests today, isn't it? It's about it's a protest about. It's a podcast about protests. It's a, not a protest about podcasts, anyway. Um, so, <laughs> Extinction Rebellion had put out a tweet. Um, I think it was a couple of days ago. Now, um, we quit. Is what they that what they said. Our New Year's resolution is to halt our tactics of public disruption. Can I just stop you there a minute? I'm just really not happy with my fringe. I'm sorry. It's just, it was really nice before. Is your fringe fringe, uh, protesting? Yeah, this is, I'm going to protest about fringes. I guess, carry on, as you were. Yeah, interrupting me there. Our New Year's resolution is to halt our tactics of public disruption. Instead, we call on everyone to help us disrupt our corrupt government so what they're doing they're calling for a protest on the 21st of april outside parliament and expecting a hundred thousand people to show up and do and do a protest that way so they i think they're what's happened here is that they've come to the conclusion that what they've done so far although it may have been effective it's upset a lot of people yeah um and they've got to can, the stage can... where we need to change our tactic now to get more people on board so we can have a bigger effect. So they've all they've already got they've already become kind of infamous, famous. Do you, you do you think that's but now what's they happening? need more people to support them? So they switch tactics, which is is quite interesting how they've done that. But do you think that's what they're doing? Because when I saw this, no, that's that's my first impression. Yeah, because when you put a big sign up that says "We quit," that means there's something brewing. Yeah, we quit. I mean, it's like a fake advertising, isn't it? It's like we quit, yeah. but we're not really quitting. We've changed the tactics behind the scene. Mm. This reminds me of something that Bill Drummond would do. So they've they've quit doing the public disruption, is what is what they're saying, and we're switching to we want to disrupt the corrupt government directly. Yeah. So yeah. yeah but if you see, the thing is, right? I suppose there's only so there's only so much energy. Yeah, there's exactly. So much, but but I think this year, right? I I mean, I don't want to predict any. I'm not I'm not Nostradamus, but I think it's going to be sure? a bit. I think it's going to be a really bumpy year politically. Yeah, probably. And I think there's a lot of shit that's going to hit the fan. And I think if we have a really hot summer this year, because there's, there's, there's a correlation between protest and weather. And if you get a lot of hot, a long, hot summer, historically, that's when riots happen. Yeah. How are you predicting a riot? I'm predicting a riot. I predict a diet. Get state of me. Um <laughs> <laughs> I can join you in that. I'm not predicting anything. I'm just saying they just see because because we're ready. Well, there's, there's, yeah, there's there seems to like a lot of things are pointing towards major disruption this year because you know like I'm just I'm just putting my finger up, my wet finger up to the wind. Yeah, we've still see. got all these strikes going on. We've got economy in a collapse. We've got a lot yeah, of people I'm... upset. We've got an election coming. It's it's heading that way, isn't it? A lot of people upset. I love how you just sort of downplay. No, that's what people, it is. There's a lot of people upset. There's a lot of people angry. Angry, they are. And I'm, I mean, I'm a fairly moderate, chilled out person, but I look at 
my mum shouts at me all the time because I'll she, I'll sit sometimes and watch Jeremy Vine with my mum, and I will not shut up for the whole yeah, thing. I'm oh, with your mum. I shout at you too. I just shout, but there's what's the point in shouting at the telly, right? So, I mean, if if it came down to it, and I I had to be involved in some kind of extreme protest, I'd be well, I I'd be the first there, right? But you do have think, a megaphone. But that's yeah, but. I, I I think that there's going to be a breaking point where people who are moderate, what people that say well, say, you I can only put up with so much. There comes a point where you you stop being quiet and you know just going along, and you start you, you start the, to react. The government always know that they're in a state of equilibrium between tension mm-hmm. and 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 break. You know that breaking point. So. Yeah. The inertia of that is something they want to hold on to. So they'll they'll pump they'll that, the, the way they control it historically is by interest rates, you know. And and it and, and it, I don't want to get all boring about that, but once that starts to fail, and you you see it in other countries where the bottom falls out of the economy and people try and withdraw all the money and things like that, and there's a run on the back. Yeah. I, I I mean I I don't want to wish the worst case scenario, but I can I I do I am fearful that these protests you saw last year, like Extinction Rebellion and Just Stop Oil, they're just the tip of the iceberg. They are. And people in a couple of years' time will look back and go, gosh, that it's progressive, think, isn't it? It's gonna it, it's gonna get worse before it gets better. Is that is what I think. But but if 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 all protest is is see like I said, these things become like media things. And if, if all protest becomes performative and all protest just becomes about that moment, then it won't change anything. It's like the whole thing with the Occupy movement. There was a, there was a moment in 2000 and was it 14 or I can't remember when it was now, but when people were marching on wall street mm-hmm. and it happened here as well in, in Threadneedle street. And you, and you thought for a moment, Christ, these people are going to overthrow the system and it just kind of all of a sudden kind of like yeah back to normal now and i was like yeah so so you never know what's you don't know no it's like i said it's about it's that inter- it's an interesting thing that they're doing there extinction rebellion I'm yeah, it's a, it, curious to see what happens with that i just want there to be some kind of clearing of the air in a way it's kind of like the storm has to come to know what we're left with yeah and that's how it feels. I'm not. I don't want to be all scary and like. No, but it's an interesting change of tactic. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, I think they're planning something. Mm. So moving on to the next one. Next story is about Peter Tatchell. Oh yeah, yeah. I watched the Netflix. So what was it called? It's called Hating Peter Tatchell. Mm. Mm. So, you know, Peter is a well-known. Um, I don't know. Would you call him a protester? He's a gay a rights man, activist. One man protester. He's a LGBT. Yeah, he's LGBT. But, but he's, he's old school. He's from that old gay liberation yeah. movement that yeah. was quite narrow in its he's kind involved of... in a lot of the original protester movements. Um, he's, but... he's got he's got a few blind spots, but I think overall, after watching that documentary, so the documentary, I'd say he's he's an he's an individual that that is like what we're saying about protests he yeah. puts himself in the line of fire he does i mean he's 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 saying there in his tweet 56 56 years i've confronted bigots 
30, sorry, 3,000 protests, 100 arrests, 300 violent assaults, 50 attacks on my flat and thousands of death threats. But I'm still yeah. campaigning. I mean, he's been, if you watch that movie. Yeah, look, I, 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 through, I must he admit. He's been through a lot yeah. of. I must admit, I didn't know too much about him. I did know about him, obviously, because he's always sort of popping up, isn't he, when he's doing yeah. his his uh, project. But but uh, when I when I did speak about him once on Twitter, I had there was somebody saying, "Oh, he's not a, he's not an ally," and I was like, "That's a bit weird. Why would he not be an ally?" And it, when I looked a bit more into it, he's he's he was saying that you know everybody should be able to speak whatever they want to speak and yeah, was... i think some of those some of those comments are related to non-platforming at universities i think mm. boiled in something around that and his i think his position is that he would prefer to he would prefer to have people come to those events so he can mm. debate them and expose their positions rather than excluding them yeah, you can't. Then you can't kind of. Um, yeah, I kind of agree with that, though. And I kind of I agree think... with it in a way, but then I also see it from the other side, where you know you shouldn't be platforming people who who coming out with hate speech. So I I, I understand it both ways. It depends on the situation. Depends on the like situation some, and what, like some, what, the, what the topic is. Like somebody like if, if you work for an organization, like I mean, say you some... platform somebody without challenging them. That's but, yeah, obviously. Yeah. I mean, um, is it Oxford University? You, they do talks, don't they? And invite, and they famously invited Tommy Robinson, mm. and that obviously. Yeah. So, what is what is the argument for platforming somebody like Tommy Robinson? Like, because is there any value to it? That's the question, and we know what he stands for. We don't want him to make a case where he can redeem himself, because even if he could redeem himself, the stuff he's done in the past it already speaks volumes about unless he's a changed man, unless he's suddenly had some kind of epiphany. I don't think so. But that's not, it's, there's no value in it really, but it is, it is. And, but but the, if you can the, platform somebody like that and then have somebody else come on and, you know, basically tell you why that person's wrong, challenge that person's opinions. Yeah. Yeah. But, I think but that's, the, that's probably a good thing because everybody gets to hear the, the no, truth of the argument, you know. No, I, I don't know. I don't think I don't so. Know. It's, it's a bit of a hard the, one to cut. The way I see it is the good thing is, like, the argument would be, like, yes, this guy exists. So let's give him enough give him enough room to convict himself. Yeah. that's That would be the argument for yeah. me. So, like, yeah, yeah, Tommy, or yeah, whatever, whoever it is, I'm not going to compare people because what Tommy Robinson does and what, you know... Uh, J.K. Rowling does the two different things, but if you could put them in a place, okay, tell us what you believe. Tell, just tell us basically what it is you're about, and let them, because because it would become let them very dig their own hole. Yeah, it, but it would become very clear quickly yeah. whether they're duplicitous or are they genuine. They would expose. They would expose them. They would. Yeah. Yeah, I, I that's, think that's, that's, I think so, that's I think that's really where Peter's coming but from. Pe but obviously, people can lie, can't they? In, in a situation like yeah. that and, and pre present a version of what they believe that could be moderate and then keep the, the meat and potatoes of it. Yeah. Or... He also did a, an interview on channel four, which was really good. Have you listened to that? It was I've not, no, it was no, around the same time. I think this, this, this movie has been out a couple of years. I think the interview was a couple of years ago too, but he was just reposting them on, on Twitter and I noticed yeah. him. I wasn't aware of the fact that this movie existed. So it's quite right. an interesting one. And some of the things he's done is, is quite mm -hmm. eye-opening. You see, I don't. I, I I think it's interesting that he puts himself in these. He puts you know, he himself went, in all kinds of really dangerous situations. I mean, 
and and it's like I said because you have to get the media spotlight and the cameras on it. You have to do that. Well, not thing. only that, but he's also getting results from what he's done as well. Yeah, he's not, exactly. It's so. not just the protest and not just the attention. He's get he's making change through yeah. his action, through his direct action, and the things he does and put himself on the line. He's he's actually you know getting change made as well, which is but, I mean that's yeah. the key, isn't it? He's what he's doing is he's causing changes, which is good. Yeah, I th- I think with the way I approach things, it's like I've, if I find out, like say somebody's doing a talk and I disagree with that person, I my For example instincts... Harry Miller's coming up soon and we're doing a talk yeah. in Manchester. Yeah, so so there's two ways that I you, view it. Like, are you going to go and attend that? Well, the thing is, I want to talk to him. Well, you're not going to be able to talk to him on that day. No, but I want... The thing is, the idea is to record what he says as as in a journalistic capacity. But I know there's going to be probably people might be protesting outside, something like that. So um, I always think, well, if you... if Because his whole thing is about this idea of free speech. You know, he doesn't. Yeah. It's not really about that. He wants he he, he that he's become some kind of folk oh, hero for free. It's free speech but, from his point of view. <laughs> but 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 I've got the free speech to challenge him, right? And and I have no fear about doing that. But the problem is, you're not going to be able to do that in that environment, in that theatre on that night, though. No, no, no. But I would approach him. Yeah, you probably wouldn't get anywhere near him. <clears throat> he's going to have security. There's going to be, yeah. He's, I don't think it's going to be possible to, you know, no, get. I, I do it. Like I do it in a clever. I do it in a clever way, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be confrontational. No. But my. But you see, the wor- the worry I have is if there's a counter protest to that event, am I on the wrong side of that divide? Because really, I should be protesting it. But my protest is to get in there. And, well, this and... is this is one of the arguments, though, isn't it? I mean, you. I think I think this is mentioned in Peter's um, movie, where there's two ways of doing things, and it's best to do both of them. So you, you know, you do the protests outside, and you're also on the inside having the conversation. Yeah. So you do you do both. So you're attacking the you're attacking the problem from two angles at the same time. I think it's well, more see, effective. You see, you the... know, so you've got like part of your organization is outside doing the protest and the other part of the organization is, is talking to the enemy, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, that's, well, I don't, that's quite yeah. an effective way of doing it. Well, I don't have an organization. It's I just, you you and, it's just you and me. <laughs> <laughs> so All you, right. So who wants to go inside? Who wants to go outside? Well, the thing is though, with these people's arguments, they're very flimsy and they, they, I mean, it's, I, I'm a free speech advocate. I think, you know, if you've got, but the, the thing is with that is like it's always assumed that the speech they want is some kind of noble cause like they're fighting against something and they're not they, they they're 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 mouthing something that is not controversial because it, it's it's not it doesn't take bravery to hate people it don't take bravery to be transphobic what would be brave if you know if he was challenging a status quo when he isn't he's he's pandering to it that's where he gets all over these tabloid things it's like it 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 the his his whole argument is based on this idea that he was he was banned on twitter or he was um the police came to knock on his door because he was harassing trans people and 
saying stupid things about trans people on Twitter. And he he's made it his life's work now. It's like a van, vendetta he's got because he because he can't accept the fact that he was wrong. Because he never got his free speech taken away, obviously, because he's doing this. He's doing his uh, appearance in Manchester. Yeah. But when he gets called out, he doesn't like it because he, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how well attended this thing is. Probably uh, not very well. Probably not. Okay. I've just been hitting you. It is Manchester he's coming to, and we are well known for our, you know, LGBT rights in this town. So. I haven't even spoke to anybody about a protest against. I've not it. heard of anything. I don't even know when. When's it coming up? Is it recent? It's in February. It pretty soon. I think it's mid February. I look at it, but I'm not going to say anything about what I'm going to do. No, no. But um, but I'm not. I'm. I, I, it's not my intention to intimidate or or harass anybody. I'm just interested in seeing being a kind of citizen journalist in a way. I'm not. Mm. I'm. I just like being in that moment of something and collecting the information. And then I, I will challenge somebody. I will say, yeah. what, what, yeah. you know, cause it, cause it uh, recently Harry Miller was on that BBC thing, you know, the, the reef lectures. Yes. And, um, oh, what was it now? Um, he, and his, what, and, his question was shut down. Well, it was about free speech. The, the lecture, I'm just looking at the, I can't remember how to pronounce it. I remember the lady's name, but um, basically shut him down. Amanda Ngozi Adichie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, and he made a fool of himself there. And Kathleen Stuck was there as well. And uh, she asked a question later. And when I heard her question, I thought she's altered that question because she heard the response to, uh, to Miller. Hmm. I did write about. I don't. I transcribed the whole thing. Yeah, it's it, didn't, it wasn't. It didn't work out well for him at all. No, because his point. I mean, I don't want to dwell too much on Harry Miller, but his his whole point is that if you don't use your free speech, but he was asking the question, expecting her to totally agree with him, and she just like, no, that's wrong. No, because because she knows he's coming yeah. from a bad place with it. Yeah. He's coming from the idea of being belligerent, mm. and that is, you know, I mean, I've got. I mean, whatever, you know. He, yeah. Right, Easy. moving on then. Next story. This was interesting one. Black Eyed Peas doing um New Year's Eve concert in Poland and they were wearing uh rainbow armbands during the performance. Now this right. is you know, Poland is quite well known for its anti LGBT laws at the moment. Mm. Um now we have Black Eyed Peas doing a doing a bit of a protest. I mean, it's, I guess this is similar to what people were trying to do at the Qatar World Cup thing. They were trying I've, to I've, got, I've got to be honest with you. The only ones of the Black IPs I know is William and Will I uh, Fergie. Yeah. I don't call him Will it I Am. It kind of ties into what we talked about last week about Will I Am on the on the you know the kids version of. The... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I quite like yeah. William. Really, yeah. um, really, I am. Yeah, he's got a mate, you know, who's an electrician called Electric Ian. <laughs> It, it was good to see him doing that. <laughs> I don't have the picture there, but yeah, there's not there's not much of a story to it other than they were wearing their armbands. Just what I thought I'd mention that one. Bit of a protest. Yeah. It's kind of like a that's like a really simple protest. Uh doesn't hurt yeah, but, anybody, but it, I mean, it makes a point. If you're big media people, like they're a massive yeah, I mean, brand, aren't massive, they? Like yeah, it, but massive. so when a big celebrity or a, or um yeah. you know, anybody with that kind of media profile does a 
yeah. Some they're just so like, it gets noticed. It's in you know it's in the news. So it's a it's a bit like it goes back to me thing about Taylor Swift and the way she holds a pen. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, in that way, yeah. that's a protest. I mean, I'm not sure if it's a protest about it's not a protest, but it got pens. it got in the news. But it, but that's yeah. what I mean. So so a celebrity only has to make a tiny gesture. All they have to do is all they have to do is breathe, and they're in the news. You know. Yeah, so so that's my plan. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get really famous. So all I've got to do is like I've have a sticker on my head or something. Yeah, good. <laughs> it saved me a lot of time. Frida Wallace was in the news. She had a sticker on her head. Yeah. Mm. Or just do me fringing and a diagonal. That would, you know, I don't know something. And like we've we've had another major celeb um, tattooed on my face. Remove themselves from Twitter. And oh. it was uh, Bill Bailey hounded off Twitter. Um, I'm just, che- being, I'm just checking. Targeted by so-called gender critical activists. Now, whether he's back on again now, I don't know. But this was a few days ago now. I'm just checking because I'm sure he reappeared. He may have. He may have come back. Who knows? But I think this was this was related somehow to Graham Linham. Was it? Oh, yeah. not him again. You know what? Him He's again. been you've been on Twitter today trying to harass. I think I think, I think Graham was harassing Bill Bailey, and some of Graham's followers were harassing Bill Bailey, and that's why he disappeared off. Whether he's come back now, yeah, he's know. back on. Okay, so he's back, but you know, it just shows you. You know, we've had several large accounts, big celebrities leave recently due to harassment related to gender crits and their kind of hound dogs that come after you on these these pylons. Attack dogs. Attack dogs, yeah. So it's um yeah, another one. Well I I saw Graham Linehan today and he, he saw him uh, on Twitter. What, in market? <laughs> yeah the fish market. What was he doing buying some fish? Yeah it was like <laughs> <laughs> he was moaning because there was rainbow trout. Um no. <laughs> oh no, uh, I saw him on Twitter, and he, he was harassing Gary Lineker in talking about about women, uh, trans women in female sports. Okay, and obviously this is what get that's this is what Graham Linehan does. He's he, he writes to people, he hassles them, he harangues them, and he he thinks he's trying to pique them into into this debate where most comedians, whatever they don't they either don't care enough about it. Or they just accept that, you know, trans people are not a problem because they probably know somebody online who is. And that's the problem with people like Graham Linehan because they have to keep getting more and more moralistic with their arguments. They can't just say, like I said before, if Graham Linehan or any of these people wanted to just say, I don't think trans women are women, I'd be like, fine, go. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to convince you. But exactly. what they but it doesn't end there with them. What they've got to do then is go right. I've got to prove. I've got to make the case for. So any anybody who says anything positive, he like Graham yeah, on exactly. them straight away. He's, he's he, like he's aggressively on them. You can't understand that there's a difference between biological reality and the way human beings interact as human you beings. See, you know, prior to Graham Linehan coming back on Twitter, you know, I know he's recently been let back on by you know who. Yeah. Um, I didn't really, you know, I had his account blocked previously. Never really looked at what he was posting. I'm now looking, and it it's constant. Oh yeah, well he's gone full things. He doesn't talk about anything else. No, he's gone full on. I had a bit of a run in with him just life. after Christmas because yeah, a life grim. Uh, I commented on something, and he said something about me being a a grim handmaiden. Yeah, I saw that. 
So he obviously thought at that moment that I was a cis woman. I told him to crawl back under the rock he came from. Right. So, 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 so that, what that demonstrates is that when women who he believes a cis disagree with him, he will, he will attack them because uh, he's misogynistic. No, and then when he realised I was trans, yeah, he'd he'll attack me in in that way. So he, yeah. the only thing that interests Graham Linehan is convincing the world of his ideology and it is an idea it's, it's him that has the ideology yeah and it's it, the people he surrounds himself with like um what's she called um helen stanniland mm-hmm. you know she i've had i've spot i've been on her twitter feeds and people well there was a there was one that i was involved in. i was just i was chatting saying well you know having the usual discussion about um the nature of reality what is a woman that kind of thing which i'd sometimes go in for and somebody was saying, well, there's different breeds of dog. It doesn't mean that all breeds. It was like, why are you saying? It's like, so, so, so you're going to use the analogy of animals now. So you've already dehumanized me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because the, the point they were trying to make was that because I was saying, well, you can't, you can't, you, you know, they'll, they'll find these images of like the worst, most abhorrent people. Like say there was a, a trans woman who, who was a rapist. And then make a case that says like that's the problem, and then they, you know what I mean? It's like they go to these extremes because their actual arguments don't work. Yeah. If if there was a basic argument that said, oh yeah, well trans women are not, you know, we're not what we are. We we're pretending. We it's all a myth. Then we'd have that. We'd know that. But but it isn't. Nothing is that simple. Mm. And obviously our identities are legitimate. Yeah. They exist in the we exist in the world as we are. We know what biological reality is. You don't have to keep going on about it. Exactly. But th- but this is why I I use these phrases like I so I sometimes say, you know, as a sperm producing female, I find you offensive <laughs> because I'm leaning into that ridiculousness of the argument, and they all turn as oh this one thinks there's such a thing as female semen. Well, I'll tell you what, it's in in my reality. It, that is that is the reality, because being female is not based in biology. Exactly, exactly. So, but it messes with their heads a bit because there is a there is a dissonance. There is a, an argument. You know, there is a discussion to be had on a philosophical level, but they can't have it on the philosophical yeah. level because they've already filled themselves full of nastiness. You know what I mean? They can't have a debate where you would have a reasonable kind of. Mm psychological element and then you've got the you know and endocrinology i think there's there's a lot of missing links between our nervous system and brains and the body and you know you've got to think about holistically what it is to be a human being and they can't have that argument because they're so full of this kind of rage you know men can't be women I mean, just like they just want to repeat that constantly on Twitter. They should just sign up for Twitter and make a thousand tweets that say yeah. that and then just leave. Yeah. <laughs> because that's all they ever do. Please, please. I hope they would do that. Okay. Our last, uh, our last story is, um, it's, it's a good news story, actually. This one is about, um, the naked calendar. Oh, yeah. You purchased a calendar. Didn't I did you? purchase a calendar. Have you got it there? It's in the kitchen. Oh, you um, you're not going to show us. Go. Well, I'm going to show you the pictures on <laughs> behind us. So this is a naked calendar celebrates beauty and autonomy of trans bodies. We're gorgeous, and I love who I am. 
So the, this organization is is fort.london.com, I think it is, or it might be UK. I'll check in a minute. But they've produced this calendar. It's not really a calendar in the sense of a calendar where you have the little boxes at the bottom with the dates and the you know the days and the weeks. Mm. It's got the days around the edge. So it's really more about producing an arty image. Right. So there's there's and it's it's big. It's like A3 size. So I got one of these and the money go, is going towards um creating this space in London. Now I've mm. got the I got the web page here. So it I'm looks just... really interesting. It looks like a sort of photography and yeah. performance space and I love anything the, like that. There's the website and it's um let me just check what the actual address is. We're gonna to have to go to London if this gets going and I wanna visit. Yeah, I'd like to go and see this. Um Maybe I could uh, do one of my spoken word things. It's a bit small, so I'll read out the. So this is um, just read out what it's for. Um, a fort is a protected space of rest and nourishment. We cannot grow, heal, and create in the middle of a battle. We need room. We need safety. We need each other. Fort is a multi-practice, non-profit, sober, queer, creative space in the heart of London, containing a consent-led and trauma-informed tattoo massage studio, an art print shop, a print workshop, and a production house. We will tell our own stories and we will celebrate our own lives on our own terms by us, for us. So Sounds great. Yeah, so if you, you buy one of these calendars, they're not cheap, they're £30 each, but the money you know, goes towards the production of the calendar and mm. also to you know support this place that they're building. So I thought that was a really good, positive thing to end on. Um, well, yeah, I, so I, I like the, I like the, the idea of, this of the calendar is, is really it's really amazing. There's a bit of an image for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, this reminds me of like I, I like any sort of creative. Well, you'd like this because it's quite arty. Cooperatives, you know, like the the because like I know from Islington Mill in Manchester, and and it's just like there's like a print shop there, and there's like a performance space there, and the the. And you know Cheddar Gorgeous, who came yeah. second in drag. They have a, yeah. what they call the drag lab there. All oh, right, and they've just got this massive room, and all their outfits are in there. Oh, we need to go what... there. We need to go and, there. Uh, it's just brilliant because I had a studio there for a while when I shared. I shared it with my friend Joe and Lou, and um, it's just a great place to be, you know, because you're you, you're in you are sort of mingling with people. They're doing all these different creative things all the time, and all the the conversations are always really positive and. Yeah. Surrounding yourself with people that are, you know, that that they've all they've all got their own individual skills. Like there's a the there was a video studio in there, and they used to film all the live gigs that happened there and stuff like that. So, and now we're like in Manchester, that there's there's quite a few things like that. That's why I like Manchester because it's a, it's a very creative community. Yeah, That's I mean, why... you know where Aflax is. Mm. So just just kind of down the road from there, a bit a bit north of where that is. There's some there's an old I think it's an old church. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but that's full of like little arty shops and things. It's, oh, it's do you mean the craft of... the craft center? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an old fish market that I believe. Is that it a fish not? market? It, it looks yeah, like it used, a church. Be, it used to be a fish market. Well, yeah. fish well market it was, come it's up part of the old fish Smith, today, Smith Fist Mill Smithy Market. Yeah, yeah. but um, I was going to say the Feel Good Club. That's another. That's not far from that. Mm. So I, I want to be doing some more gigs soon, hopefully. So. Right. So the megaphone's coming out again, is it? Well, I don't know. I don't know what to do yet because I, I, I do like 
to mix it up and do something fresh for each thing. So I'll see. So anyway, back to the calendar. If you've got a spare 30 quid. Yeah, it's quite expensive. But... It's quite expensive, I know, but it's mm. for a good cause. Mm. Other good causes are available. I mean, I I kind of want to go and visit because oh, it's I was reading the website. It sounds really good. It does. So yeah, I mean, I like talking about uh, protests and stuff, but I'm, I must admit, I'm a very much a sort of outsider observer, because like a lot of like my friends when they go on protests and things like that, um, I, I, I mean, I find it difficult to to get into that because, um, I'm more of a a recorder of things you know what i mean i'm like i'm there i like to i like to be there but i'm recording what's going on i'm not part of the well i think that's i think that's my approach with everything really i'm sort of more of a uh, i always feel like i'm watching the telly when i'm in real life you know what i mean i don't know that's just how my brain works I'm slightly detached from things like if i'm out in a like if i'm out like i was out in a club last night i'm sort of I'm partly there, but part of me is like a fly on the wall, and I'm yeah. I'm watching what's going on, and I'm uh, might be something to do with the way my brain works. Probably. <laughs> or oh, doesn't work. The good news is that you have a brain, and it's apparently it's working. I mean, that's the good news. I'll just switch it on again. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. So that I mean, so, that... so we've we've done the podcast recorded because yeah. you know I'm a bit busy this weekend. I, I, we wanted we wanted to keep it going on a Sunday though. Con- well, it will be going out on the usual mm. at the usual time on Sunday. So yeah. So it's Sunday now, isn't it? It's now yeah, it's Sunday. We're in Sunday now. Yeah, it's Sunday. Don't ruin, don't mess with the space time continuum. It may be too <laughs> late. You've already confused me. <laughs> so please like and subscribe. Yeah, don't forget to subscribe. I need to record that jingle. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to listen for listening to me nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) We, I think next week we'll be back to our usual live schedule. Yeah. So we'll see you then. Bye for now. Chatty bye. Bye. (laughs) 